handle the truth. I don't, don't quote me, but I think there was no pension in the private prison system. I'm not 100% on that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it, it didn't benefit the officers at all, you know, like it would do the inmates. That again is the, is the poison right that is the poison that that is going on is because everything is revolving around the officers versus the rehabilitation and what's best for this broken individual so that they're not committing crimes anymore right right and everything is being marketed off them everything is being marketed off the inmate and their families because we're desperate people and we'll spend money on whatever it takes to make our son a little bit more comfortable, our daughter a little more comfortable, right? And to, and to, and to change because that's what we want as parents. Right, but right. now you have, you have Discovery Channel, right? You have uh, A&E that are allowed to come in and interfere with the rehabilitation process of these inmates to film shows for them. And they're not even factual shows. They're just reality TV for likes and subscribes. Right. But yet when the show goes away, the distraction that was involved in this inmate, right, from his rehabilitation process is, is disturbed. And it leaves this inmate not doing what he's there to do. But yet Discovery and A&E are making millions, if not billions, off these shows. Yeah. But there's a, there's a lot of them. And is any of that money going back into the system? No. Everybody is marketing. So when we talk about the privatizations of prisons, this is what I'm talking about when we get into the prison industrial system is all the money that is allowed to be made off marketing the inmate in every kind of way, yeah. from the shoes, from the commissary. You know, I had to spend a hundred. It was $100 for a little MP3 player that when at the time Radio Shack was still in existence, right? It was $15 in Radio Shack, but yet it was $89 for me. Yeah. You know, the markup, the, mm-hmm. just the, 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 these issues. But where does all of this money go? To the general fund. And, not, and, and, not and, the in, and not the inmate trust fund. Right. To the general fund. And who audits that general fund? The state. Right. So <laughs> these just are like the, the issues. Just like the state audits themselves, you know, with the AC, ACA, when they come in and do the inspections in the prisons, it's all state. You know, everybody knows the problems in the prisons and they all rush to get all this, this, these fixes done in a short period of time because the auditors are coming in to inspect them. But meanwhile, they just started doing all these, you know, fixes real quick before they got there when they should be doing it all the time. The dog and show. Yeah. The dog Dog and pony pony show. show, Right. The dog and pony show. So what that means is, is, is the warden is coming around to each unit telling each of us, right. This is, this is, this is serious business now. Yeah. Right. This isn't playtime anymore. Right. You want we want your cells spick and span. We want wax laid down on the floor. We want all of these dorms repainted. We want everything pressure washed. We want flowers out in front of the units because people from Washington are coming. And then guess what? If we get a good grade, we'll give you guys a good chicken dinner. Yeah. You know, we'll give you guys (laughs) a real good meal that night. I pretty much summed it up. This is what we went went through for years. And, And there would be people, the inmates. See, again, it, it caused a clash with us because I'm a convict, you know, and it wasn't a convict by it, that's that that's just my lifestyle. And I wasn't going to sit here and be pressure washing these people's sidewalks and, and right. waxing these people's floor. Not me. You could put me in the shoe. I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah, I'm not doing it because that's not reality. That's let these people come and see what this shit is. Let them come see that. Yeah. You know, and then and then we used to man, we used to punish them inmates that would be out there doing that. We used to call them security workers. Wow. The inmates that would go around working on the the fencing, you know, securing the fencing, doing doing the officers works and things like that. They weren't looked at by by convicts as as, you know, because, again, it's in there. It's us against them. Like you're you're securing this place. Yeah. I remember there was a guy named Supercracker. 
<laughs> super cracker. How many super crackers did you know? Huh? Sounds like a common name. <laughs> the, he, he went by super cracker and, and he was going around. This was at the time in the federal institution. They were trying to take smoking out. And at the time we could still open our windows. Right. Well, when they took the smoking out, they were closing the windows and they were they were sealing them. Mm. Right. Well, we we liked our windows open for a lot of reasons, mostly sure. because you got fresh air into the cell. Right. You didn't feel closed in on days that you felt closed in. You could open the window. Right. You know what I mean? And they had an inmate going around screwing the people's windows closed and other inmates were telling them, man, listen, if you come screw my window closed, I don't care what this officer tells you, but he goes home. You live right here in this block with me. You think you're going to come close my window and come back in the block? And what did, what did the officers tell this inmate? If you don't do it, you're going to the shoe. Yeah. So you have this one individual that's caught in the middle of this. Yep. Right. This is the kind of pressure that's put on us as inmates inside. Did the officer ultimately do it? Well, he ended up what well, he ended up screwing. Yeah, he ended up screwing the windows closed. And, and that's why I say, you know, the he got punished for that, mm. you know, but it, it 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 comes down to that type of chaotic lifestyle to what are you going to do? And, and that and that goes in so many different facets that comes to a young white kid coming into prison don't know what to do and and he's looking for security next mm -hmm. thing you know he's carrying shanks across the compound for for gangs yeah you know and, and things of that nature um i've seen it i've seen i've seen people come in with five years and end up with 20 i've seen know? it too i've seen uh something happen to an inmate who is going to be getting out soon and uh he caught a battery on an on an officer when in reality officer beat him up yeah, this is why we never tell anybody what our, our release date is. Yeah, that's that's the common. Well, theme. I mean, it, it's 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 hard to to not find that out because it's it's all over the place. The officers can find it out. Inmates, you know, talk on the phone to their family members and they find it out. They find out charges of other inmates. You know that it's, yeah. it's impossible to keep keep quiet. If somebody wanted to know. Yeah, if somebody I was, wanted I to was, find it, they could. Yeah, I was always the type where I, I always tried to not sit in front of the computer and just look up an inmate just because I, I had nothing to do or I wanted to. If I had to look up an inmate is because of something that, that he did, you know, that made me get involved in him, like contraband, cell phone, you know, so on and so forth, where it prompted me to look him up, you know, to get his information, to do my paperwork, right. you know, like that. You know, there's a lot of people like that. They don't want to look them up. But then you have the ones that like to look them up to single them out for a crime that they've committed, like a child molester. Many officers that I've seen and know of that would single them out and they'd go in the dorm and and really disrupt disrupt the whole dorm by announcing to the whole dorm that, hey, this inmate's uh, a chomo. Mm -hmm. You got the green light on him. Mm -hmm. You know, that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's not our job to do that. You know, they're going to find that out anyway. That's not our job to go in there and cause that 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 chaos in that building. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, yeah, it's 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 many reasons. Now, in the in the federal system, I can't say that I've seen that. But what I've experienced personally is a case manager pulling me into a into a office, and and showing me, you know, turning his monitor my way. Uh -huh. and, and telling me that this guy was getting off the bus, you know, and that's that not he, that shouldn't that he, happen. And that he didn't want him in the dorm. No, you know? that's not their job. And and the, the expect see, the thing of it is, is again, like Supercracker, the expectation is he called me me specifically into that office for a reason. It's not that he just called any inmate. Yeah. He called me specifically in there for that reason. Right. Because he knew that. I was the one to 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 get him out of that that dorm. He did not want him in that dorm on his case load, you know, and that responsibility is now on me because this is a pedophile. Yeah. And not only was he a pedophile, but he was involved in a in a in a in a ring. Of parents that were sending them 
their, their own children to other parents across the U.S. So there was a ring of six of them. They were sending them to, to just their own children, just sending them in a big circle jerk. Right? Sick, sick, twisted. So it, it, it's <laughs> without getting into, into all of that, right? It's, it's that type of, of pressure that's now instilled upon me. Right. Yeah. Because for me personally, it was um it was it was it was a revelation within me as to who I was and what I was doing. You know, was was I doing so was I doing something really because I thought God wanted me doing this or, or I'm a soldier of God or <clears throat> you know uh these 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 things, or was I really just taking a lot of my own fear and anger? out on other human beings because i didn't understand right you know and and once i really started understanding that i you know uh, a lot of change you know occurred within me but these are the instances that happen Mm -hmm. yeah these are the instances that happen that 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 an officer will call you into the into the office and tell you this and when he tells you this he's telling you this for a specific reason Sure. You were to eliminate this person off his caseload. He don't want to see him, and you are expected to eliminate him of this, this burden that he has. Mm. And if you don't, guess what? Your cell's being tossed. Yeah. You may have a, sh- a shank planted up under your, your mattress. Yeah. You know what I mean? These things occur to you. So I get, uh, I tell you two stories about uh, shanks being planted, and these are true stories. So first story, I had an inmate at Lake CI who he was a hierarchy inmate. Okay. He was running the whole tobacco thing. You know, he was moving them across the compound, whatever. I was trying to catch him because for me, that was contraband and he was, you know, running an operation. People might see it differently than I do, but that's what I, you know, that's how I looked at it. So I was constantly on the move to try to catch this guy a whole bunch of cigarettes, cell phone, whatever. So I couldn't catch him because he was good. You know, he was good at at avoiding me whenever I was working. He would just not do anything when I was working. So I had a sergeant that came up to me and he was like, Hey, you know, you got a problem with this inmate, you know, we could take care of it. I says, well, what do you mean we could take care of it? He said, we can go plant a shank on him and we could just get him transferred out of here. And, and, you know, we'll be done with him. Mm -hmm. I says, listen, that's not what I'm about. Okay. I don't have to do that to catch him. It's not that urgent to me to go do that just to get him off the compound. If I'm going to catch him, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it the right way. Okay. That's one. That's one instance about planting shanks. The second one was, uh, I did a search and I found a shank and you know, every time we get, you know, you find contraband, you're supposed to do your report. So I'm sitting in the captain's office and I'm writing my report on the computer and the shank is on the desk right next to me. The captain's sitting across from me and the warden comes walking in and it's a female warden. I'm not going to say her name. And she walks in, you know, hello, how you doing? You know, and she sees the shank on my desk and she picks it up and without hesitation, she's like, oh, who could we plant this on? And then she realized real quick that it was me sitting there. And she's like, I mean, who could we find this on? And I'm just in my computer like this. I didn't, I didn't even want to look up with her because I was just in disgust. And I look over at the captain and he looks at me with that look like, you know, like, don't say nothing or, you know, because <laughs> he knew it was me and he knows how I am with reporting and this was stuff. The warden. Yeah, this was the warden. And this goes back to what I said earlier about the leadership. If you have leadership that's has that mentality, what is she allowing to do in the prison? Right. And that, and that shank can get somebody up to five years. Sure. Time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was in total disgust after that. I mean, to have a warden say something like that in front of you, 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 you right now think about, think about the mother right who's already who's already stressing over their their child being in prison who's yeah. in our community now 
This mm-hmm. is our community that this mother has to deal with the fact that a shank, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, their, their son or daughter is being persecuted for a shank and, and they're telling them, <clears throat> Ma, the cop planted an army, the cop planted an army. Right. You know? These are the end of the, the end results that this warden doesn't have to live with because yeah. wardens get paid how much a year? Uh, roughly 80 something thousand, I think right now at the state level and federal they're, they're well off into sixes. Yeah. yeah, probably more, but the, see, the thing is, is she could have turned around to that captain and says, go plant this on somebody. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to see the report. I want to see who it is. Let's do something. That's just the power that they have. And it's unchecked because we don't care in the community because they're, they're criminals. There's, there's no accountability in there. If that was to happen, because the because the system is going to believe the officers over the inmate, especially in DOC, because if they if they go plant that shank on an inmate, how is he going to defend himself? You know, he can't use another inmate as a witness because that's not going to well, work. There is no defense. Right. There's none. I can tell you on the other side, there's none. And that was my worry all the time was one of these cops planting something on me. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I always had inmates, you know, because we we watch out for ourselves in that fashion. Yeah, you know, if a guard, if a if a if a if a if a guard was in my cell, no matter where I was at on the yard, somebody would come and tell me, "Man, hey, such and such is in oh, your yeah. cell right now." Yeah, it you know what I mean? Me and I would be right back. Hey, what you doing in my cell? Yeah, you know. Well, with me is if I even went near a building, everybody was already on high alert. Because I had that reputation that if I went into a building that I didn't work in, I'm going in there to find something. And normally, nine times out of ten, I walked out of that building with something. Oh, you was a walker? Oh, yeah. You was a walker. You was the one finding all the hoots and everything, huh? Yeah, I found everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll never deny it. You know, there were inmates that gave me information. But, But to see the thing is... It, it's, it's ironic because the officers that are doing bad things, you know, they'll, they'll come to me and they'll, they'll say, Oh, you just, you, you find this stuff because you're using snitches. But one thing that they're not saying is that they do the same thing, but they do it to do something a different way. They'll get information on another inmate to try to not take what they have, but to make money on what they have. It's, there's a difference. You know, I would take things because it was my job to search. Other people would would do things because they had a different agenda. You know, they would take something from an inmate and give it to one of their boys, or they would take something from an inmate, plant it on an inmate that they didn't like, or they wanted off the compound. Things like that is Mm -hmm. what they would do. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all big on the word snitch that, oh, I'm a snitch or I'm using snitches, but yet they do exactly the opposite of what I do, you know? Well, we know, we know that, that evil breeds hypocrisy. I mean, that's, that's all part of, of what evil is, you know, is, is, is hypocritical in itself. And we, let me see, because there was always differences, right? So we used to have this one dude that came out of the military and he was a Walker man. Every, 15 minutes he would do his rounds yeah you know what i mean and the thing of it was was that over time of course it's an irritant to us Mm -hmm. right because we're 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 hustling and we're trying to make money and we're trying to support we got our own things going on like life is life life don't stop because we're in prison like there's still things that has to be done right you know and and but the thing of it was was with him i can't remember his name i wish i could he respected the inmate, right? He just did his job. Mm-hmm. And we understood that this is just an individual that does his job. We can't run tattoos at this shift. We can't do this here. We can't, we have to keep things on the low because freaking knuckle nuts is coming in here. And, you know, he's going <laughs> to walk every 15 minutes, you know? That's exactly how they treated me. But it was, but it was, it was still a common understanding that this was just a man doing his job. Right. And the safety in that for us was we, I never felt like he would ever plant anything on me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I never felt like he would lie on me. 
right. he would he would tell the truth as for what he saw it. Right. That's exactly how I got treated. And every dorm I've ever worked in, that's you know why the inmates respected me. They knew I was there to do a job. They knew they couldn't tattoo. They knew they couldn't be on a cell phone. They knew they couldn't smoke because our security checks were every 30 minutes. Me, I was out there every 15, 20 minutes. I would, I would randomly, you know, be out there and they knew that. So they knew when Sergeant Caruso was working, okay, we can't do this. We can't do this today. So we got to just lay on our bunks, chill out, read, be on the, the tablet or whatever. But at least they knew I wasn't going to plant shit on them. I wasn't going to lie on them. I wasn't going to take things from them that didn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do any of that stuff, you know? And I'll give you another example of how I did my job one time. And it was, it's, it was extremely difficult for me. And you'll understand why. I had an inmate that uh, got beat up by an officer, right? And I heard about it, you know, through inmate.com. You know that saying, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the inmate came to me one day and he told me what happened. And it was, it, it was extremely difficult for me at, at, to say this because I knew what the repercussions were. I says, do you want to write a witness statement? And because of my reputation and they knew what I was about, Normally, they would say, no, you know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He turned around and said, yes, I do. So as soon as he said yes, in my mind, I knew what the outcome was going to be with me dealing with the consequences of, they like to say, taking an inmate's word over an officer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, that's not my job is to take an inmate's word over an officer. It's my duty to give him that form let him fill out that form and hand it in the way I'm supposed to and let the chips fall where they may. Okay. Now, did I know about the officer that he alleged? I certainly did. I certainly knew the officer's reputation. I didn't see him do the things that a lot of these people said, but when you have other officers talking about it, Okay, and then you actually hear this officer at an earshot say things that makes this all the stories sound true because of the way he's talking. Okay, these are all the things that you you listen to and is in the back of your mind. So ultimately, I took his report, I handed it into the captain and the captain turns around and says, oh, yeah, we already got something on this. Well, no, they didn't. She was saying this to me because that's her boy. Mm. Okay. But I was smart. And I, I always emailed my incident reports because I wanted to make sure they, they were documented to a point where they couldn't destroy it. Right. Smart. It, yeah. Because yeah. it's electronic. They yep. can't erase it. It's there. And that really bothered them about me because I would email everything. Mm-hmm. So ultimately... You know, it became an investigation or whatever. I don't know really what the outcome was about it, you know. So I I know there's other things kind of going on behind the scenes about that stuff that I reported. And those are certain things that I can't discuss. But I know that in my heart and, you know, everything that I've done, I've done for the right because the way it, that's how it's supposed to be done you know and a lot of the, a lot of the, the things that I fight for and a lot of the things that I've done to put myself in a position where I could be targeted was because there was good people that I worked with that I felt were being mistreated and being targeted because they wanted to do their job according to the way it was supposed to be done so because they didn't go along with the good old boy system you know, they got pushed out and, you know, I would fight for that. And that's, you know, why I got targeted so much, you know? Well, I, that's, I mean, that's the story of life, isn't it? You know, the yeah. truth teller has always been, been ostracized. The truth tellers either been, been 
imprisoned or, or killed, yep. you know? So it's, it's, it's always essentially been the, the battle of, of good and bad. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very difficult for an officer to do what I've done. You know, I got a lot of praise for it by people that respect me, people that, you know, want to do what I've done. And I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're cowards or they just are afraid to do it. I understand how difficult it is to do something like that to one of your own, as we, as they say, you know, it, it, it is very difficult because you, you will deal, you know, with repercussions from that. You know, you're going to get called a snitch. You're going to get called a traitor. You're going to get called an inmate lover. But in reality, you're, you're doing your job. It is your job. That's the constitution. Well, it's, it's the same on my side here. I mean, you know, like, like, like I said, a lot of inmates listen to my podcast. Right. And I'm sure a lot of inmates are probably, you know, well, convicts as well is probably hearing a lot of the things that I said. And like, why are you saying all this stuff? You know what I mean? Publicly or whatever. Right. You know, and, and you're not supposed to be telling us what, you know, telling what goes on inside and all of this stuff. But my job, I feel my responsibility to end the corruption that's being taken advantage of these individuals is to for these individuals to stop doing what you do. Right. You know, I understand. Listen, I understand the gang's mentality right, of getting officers into, into place and getting, you know, I, I understand that, right? I do. I get it. And people have to hustle and people are tired of the government. I understand all of this ideologies, all these ideologies. I do. But my point is, I don't care what your ideology is because it has to be rooted in unity of us, of, of the people in order for anything to work. In order for your gang to work, you guys have to unite with right. a common ideology, right? right. So <laughs> the ideology that I'm trying to get everybody on page is, is for us to stop committing crimes against each other, right? What, what good is it for you to hold me down when I'm trying to climb with you? Right. You know, we have to understand who is keeping us down and how our emotions are being utilized, right? To feed an agenda, to profit these people, to fly into space. Right. You know what I mean? And, and such. So it's understanding that we are being used. We're being manipulated to being in, in an emotional state. I'm trying to get the communities to understand that we live in a survival state. Right. Every day we're in survival mode. And that and when you live in survival mode, that is what. You know, everything is chaotic. Everything is chaos. You're reacting to everything. Right. There's no time for thought. You, we don't have time to sit down and plan and think. We just got to do and we'll handle shit as it comes, you know, and it keeps us in this reactive state. Right. Well, by the time by the time that occurs, now you've done shot somebody. You know what I mean? And you have to. Yeah. So so it's you're reacting to everything. And now you're in the criminal justice system and you're reacting to that. You know, and it's everything in the community is a reaction and we have to stop. Yeah. We have is. to stop. You know, we have to stop. So I, what do you think of this discussion, man? I don't even, we, we went about three hours, didn't we? It's good. I love it. I love talking about this stuff. You know, you got to get the, the message out there and you have to educate people about what goes on and, and, I hope that more officers listen to what I have to say and see what I've been through and, you know, rise up in numbers and, you know, take everything back that's been taken away from them. You know, you know, the fact that, you know, everyone knows it's our duty to report, but you have to, you have to be able to, to get the courage to do it. And I know it's difficult, you know, you have to, I, I'd like to see more, going on in Tallahassee to protect people that have been through what I've been through. You know, there, we need more protection for officers that report bad officers and we don't have that. And we need to, we need to create a, a safer environment for them to do it. Cause I know a lot of officers that that's that have seen things and we're just too afraid to report it, you know, telling me their stories might ease their mind, but it, it's, it's not helping 
you know, the whole, the whole environment. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't buy that with these, you know, cops and, and correctional officers alike, because set your badge down, walk away. You know what I mean? Get yeah. Out, I, quick. I, I totally understand that. But for some of them, what I've learned is that, you know, they get themselves so into the system that they can't find the courage or the strength to put that badge down and go find another career. It's not, it's not as easy as you would think it is because I'm telling you from an officer aspect of it, I understand. No, I understand. But at the end of the day, it came Mark for me, it came down to this, right? It came down to me telling myself, constantly the whole first half of my life that I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person, but mm-hmm. I'm doing bad things. <clears throat> right. And I'm allowing bad things to happen. Right. Right. I'm not a good person. And I had to come to that agreement with myself mm-hmm. that I am not a good person because good people don't steal. Good right. people don't allow things to be stolen. Good people don't do these things. So it's, I want to be a good person. And when I change that verbiage about myself, I truly want to be a good person. How do I know? Because I've been a bad person and I don't like it. Right. Right. So I want to be a good person. Now, what does that take? Well, it takes this. It takes integrity. It takes being a man of what you say, being a man of your word, no matter what. If you give somebody your word, it's, it's being reliable. It's being, you know, it's being responsible and owning up to the things that that you produce, no matter what they are, good or bad. Right. You know, and it's about just being a leader and doing what you feel is right and right. having having some sort of beacon in that. And that is something that I start. OK, so what does that look like? Well, he don't lie. He don't steal. You know what I mean? He don't he don't take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. You know, he don't manipulate people for self gain. Right. No, but, you know, is is so is it's I can say that. But is, is, am I doing what it takes to be a good person? And, and I say that because, Mark, I understand what it is that you say. You've built a career. You, you don't, you know, change is very, very hard, mm-hmm. right? It's very hard. Right. But, but what matters? Are you going to allow other human beings to suffer because you don't want to change because it's hard? That's why I say it's it's hard for me to buy that. Because, I get it. I get it. Because at the end of the day, in this point right here where we're at, we need champions. We need men. We need soldiers. We need people who are willing to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm done with this. Right. I don't want to be part of this corruption. And that goes for every institution. That goes for Amazon workers. That goes for yeah. all of these people that are contributing to the detriment of our society. Right. Well, that's one of the reasons why the prison system in Florida is so shorthanded the way it is, too. And not only the fact that, you know, they have to report corruption, but now they're dealing with working eight hour shifts because they changed it from 12. Now they got to work, you know, practically 16 hour shifts, like two, three, four days in a row. And then they got to work two or three days on their off days that they're mandated to work overtime. So you don't have that. You don't have any life. You have no family time. Mm. So that's why the, the state of Florida is like 5,000 officers short, which is a big number. You know, you can't effectively run a compound with one officer on the yard, a captain, and one officer in each dorm. You can't do anything. 5,000 officers short. Yes. Now, that's a significant number because that, that really interferes with the security, like you say, of the compound. Yep. Um, how safe the inmates are on the compound that that affects a lot yep. of the running. But stop locking these people up. Get these people out. You know, yeah. it's 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 understanding that that change has to occur. And then the last voting cycle that just came through, all the Republicans, again, cited on more security, mm-hmm. you know, so. Listen, man, you know, it's 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 a tough road, but it all starts with us standing yeah. behind each other and, and making a voice and making a stand. So again, well, it, it goes I, back I, to, I know uh, things for me 
are going to turn around. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, see, I, I, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable, pretty smart when it comes to certain things in the department. So I went and requested a bunch of emails for a period of time, not because I knew to, what to go after, because I was tipped off by somebody, because there are people behind the scenes that know when someone's doing the right thing and they want to help them. So I got a, you know, a tip to, from someone to go after a certain amount of emails from a period of time. And I did this. So after paying for the emails, um, I, I got a surprising phone call and the person that called me happened to be the secretary of the department of corrections, mm. Mr. R Mr. Ricky Dixon, you know, the name. Mm -mm. Okay. He's the secretary of the department. So he calls me up and he, he's like, uh, you know, I know you've been through a lot of bad things with the, with the department. And I knew what he, I knew what he meant. And he turns around and he says, uh, I'd like to meet with you face to face and maybe have some coffee and I want to make things right. Now, when someone says that's that to you, what does that mean to you? Well, that means that, that a, a, some sort of proposition is coming. Right. That's so, how I, I would just look at it as a, as a proposition. Well, I, I kind of knew what he meant by that. And I suspect it might have been the emails, mm -hmm. you know, because I know the man's background. I know mm -hmm. he's been with the department 27 years. He knows what's going on. He knows who I am. He knows he probably knows everything about me. He knows I'm running for office, whatever. Of course he does. He didn't so, get in that position if he didn't know. Right. So for me, you know, I want to listen to him. I want to hear what he has to say. Now, I have other people telling me things in my ear about him. And I, and I, I respect them. I know what, what they're saying. But for me, I still want to hear what he has to say. Of course. Because, because that's my job. And that's his job. To, to, to say what he's going to say to me. He hasn't called me back yet. It's been over a month. Um, I know things are going on behind the scenes. I'm starting to get emails that I paid for, but I know they're playing games with me because they're sending me emails that have absolutely nothing to do with me. I'm getting like crazy emails from like duty warden uh, assignments. And I'm, I'm like, ah, uh -uh, I ain't that stupid. I know this email is not mine. I don't, I don't belong getting this email, but they're sending it to me. I suspect they're going to try to send me stuff to try to give me the number of emails that I was promised, but yet they're not all going to be with my name in them. Right, right. Because everything that I've requested is solely with my name in them. If, if my name is in an email, that's what I'm supposed to get. Uh -huh. So now I'm starting to look at a lot of the emails and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this captain was saying this, this captain was saying that this captain's talking about me, this major's talking about me because I'm, I'm getting all the emails, you know, I'm, I'm seeing what's going on on emails. So um, my attorney, you know, she's going to handle it because mm -hmm. ultimately I'm pretty sure I'm going to wind up having to sue the state you know, to get the right emails because of he's, this man is not going to call me for nothing. Mm -hmm. He's not going to call me. No question. Because he feels bad for me because I, what I've been through. Let's, right. let, let's just be clear about that. Okay. I understand that. So there's a bigger picture here. The truth is going to come out. Ultimately in the end, I know it. it's going to come out. Okay. Whichever way it, it takes me in my career. I'm going to go with that, you know, um, I, it's, it's just real hard to say what's going to happen, you know, from this moment on. Well, this is, I mean, this is again, what, what, what we do, what we do. I mean, I'm being censored. All my channels are being censored. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm speaking on things that I know uh, certain officials don't want me speaking on. You know, and maybe I haven't reached a, a certain awareness plateau yet, but I know that if that was to come, I will start receiving phone calls from individuals. Right. You know, I'm sure this interview with you will probably um, reach a couple representatives. I'm sure some people who when they Google your name now, because because the podcast is I mean, if you Google it, 
it comes up. My podcast yeah. comes up. So it. Well, speaking of people in, you know, representatives, I've I have a history with Tallahassee. I've I've been to Tallahassee many 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 times. I've been in negotiations with the department, you know, for officers' benefits and rights and and pay increases and all that stuff. So I'm no stranger to the politicians in Tallahassee. A lot of them know me. A lot of them respect me. And there are some that just don't care about prisons. And I get that. But the ones that do care, you know, they know who I am. And they know, what, what, they know what's happened to me. And they're, they're mad about it. And they know who the problem, you know, they know who, they know who the responsibility of yeah. all these issues lies on. But it, 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 ultimately, it's going to come down to the governor, I think, doing the right thing and making the right decisions with situations like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm here, Mark. And, and, and if, if, you know, if you know any representatives that are willing to sit, none of them do. I mean, like I say, you're the first one that really sat down and, and, and I applaud you for that. I give you respect for that, but it's, it's not hard. I mean, this is a, just a general conversation discussion right. based upon facts and stats and what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there's any representatives that want to come on and talk about what's going on, I'm 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 all for conversation. Like yeah. you said, I'll never turn down a conversation with another human being. It's just when you start to, you know, uh, uh, as I like to say, fuck my ears off. Yeah. You know, with yeah. with with stuff and, and you expect me to sit here and cater to you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not here for that. I'm the boss. Right. I'm the taxpayer. No matter what you think of me in my life, it doesn't matter. I'm still out here paying taxes. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm building a nonprofit and I'm doing things in the community that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the bottom line. That's one time I'm sitting up here and I'm in a Zoom with some representatives and they 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 want to speak on the fact that how, how can you speak the way that you speak and you have no degrees? I said, I would, what is a degree? What do you mean a degree? And they said, well, you have representatives up here on this panel that's from Harvard and Yale. I said, well, I respect that. But let me tell you something. I said, I was in prison with people from Harvard and Yale. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, that makes no difference. And all that means to me is that you have the training, the education to take, take stats on me. I'm the experience. Mm-hmm. You may have some whatever knowledge. You have a knowledge of an institution but I'm the experience. I'm sitting here telling you what it is, but you're not going to take that into account because I don't have a a degree. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when the experience is speaking, when you have a representative, that's not, not respecting that experience, then that tells you a lot about the mindset of that person to begin with. Right. You know, so I'm willing to have a discussion with anybody because again, I am the community. You know, and if if representatives really truly want to know what's going on in our community, I can tell them and I can bring people on to tell them too. I can, too, (laughs) you know, so and I speak for us. I'm speaking for us in general that that are the experience and are trying to make change for the community. We have to understand that there are people that want to make this change, but it's hard for us because one, we're not going to get the notoriety. Right. We're not going to be put in the public's face as, as far as voting and such, right? So it's hard to market ourselves. It's hard to get out there. We're not going to get funding of these super PACs to be just traveling around whenever we want to and be wherever we want. And commercials are going to be ran, right? you know? So it's hard to get your name out there. What are you doing in that aspect for that? Well, right now, um, I just finished up my petitions. So I was fighting, fighting to get that done first. Uh, right now, it's just a matter of building donations and um, getting prepared for, you know, uh, the upcoming uh, debates and, you know, things like that, because there's two other Democrats running against me and just taking it day by day, you know, just like they are. We all don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it, it's going to probably come down to whoever is able to get their message out there more and get their name out there more, you know, with like signs and advertising and any kind of, uh, any kind of media attention that they get, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Well, I'll do my part of getting this out to the public and, and making sure that it gets as vi- and as many views as, as possible. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. Because like I say, I do, 
I mean, this is a three hour discussion now. So there's nothing that I've seen in you that, that, um, I, I would count as false. I, like I say, I see you as genuine. <clears throat> well, I think my reputation definitely speaks for itself. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to expose corruption or even call it out when I see it. So I don't have a problem with that. You know, I, I've done it. I've done it at my own expense. You know, I'm not happy spending a year on, on unemployment. Believe me, you know, that's, that's a lot, but it is what it is. And, yeah. and, and millions and millions of people have to deal with what you had to deal with. So it's a good experience. And maybe that's why you had that experience partner. Yeah. You know, for you to understand, again, I sit here and I look at my life the way that it was. And it's, it's, Maybe I had to go through these things to understand so many different people because maybe I was going to be a vessel for these people. And in order to be able to speak for them, I have to, of course, understand what they feel. Right. You know, so so it's these things. But um, this is why I don't like to do too much research on a person. I like a person to unfold in front of me because I'm, I'm reading this person. Right. You know what I mean? And if I know too much about the person from start, I don't know. I just like things to be natural, you know? So when I say, you know, that, that I'm, I'm seeing these things in you, it's, it's me reading you from just these three hours right. of, of being here with you, you know? And, and um, I respect the fact that you, you, you want to expose corruption. You know, I'll stand behind anybody for that. I, I'm not a political party. So it doesn't matter to me that you're a Democrat or a Republican. Mm-hmm. Again, this is what I'm urging our people is to understand who you're voting for. Yeah. Doesn't matter if they're a Democrat, a Democrat or a Republican. Yeah. Know the person, know their body of work, know who they are, what they stand for, their ideology. You know, does right. their body of work represent what they're telling you now on stage? Right. Well, at the end of the day, I don't I, I'm not uh, a political party a Democrat. I'm an American, you know, Amen. I, I care about the constitution. I care about people. And that's, that's the two main things that has to be the driving force for anybody running for office. Forget about political party. You know, the political party does not tell me what to do. The, the voters tell me what to do. Amen. Thank you so much yeah. for saying that because that's, yep. that's important for the voters to understand that we are the boss. Yes, that that's the name representative. That's what that means. They represent us. So, right. Thank you for this great discussion. Again, anybody, you know, wants to come, you got any partners want to come bring them. I'm all for it. I want, I want to expose who our representatives are to the people in just a a, a casual discussion like this, not standard Q and a, right. You know, some, some censored crap, but just a, 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 good human being talk of who are you and, and where you come from who sent right. you right good so you take care uh anything any plugs uh well if you want to look me up my website is vote marcaruso.org um you get everything there there'll be news stories news articles about me there's a couple of youtube videos interviews things of that nature and that's about it really perfect i'll send you a couple um a couple little clips of this interview here that you could throw on there direct them to the spotify wherever they want to go again thank you um take care stay safe yes reach out to me if anything i can do yeah Um, as as things update and change for me uh you know i'll let you know and you can keep everybody updated no question I, i i i'm gonna guess that there's going to be some things going on in the department of corrections with me no doubt about that so you know we'll we'll keep everybody up to date with that i'd love to be involved in any of that yeah it is it's good to to be involved with it and you know know that you know hopefully positive changes are happening i'd love to have a discussion with these people i'd love to have a panel let's sit down and have a discussion with the with these wardens and the the ig and all these people i know they won't won't because they can't no, because they can't. True. And these are public entities. Right. I'd love to see the IG's office get just get taken out of the. Why can't why, why as a public office, as, a, as as public entities, why can't we the people say we demand a public hearing with these people? Because it's not loud enough. 
So is that's all that's stopping it is is the loudness. Sure. Okay. If if we had the kinds of protests that other cities have to get things done, peaceful protests, then you'd see changes. Like if 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 I can get all the correctional officers in the state to to have a rally in Tallahassee and fight for what we believe is 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 what we deserve, you know, then you have just a couple of people or a small advocacy group with, you know, five or 10 moms or wives, that's not loud enough. And I applaud them for doing it, but it's just, it just needs more. Well, that's why I'm here. That's exactly why I'm here because, and that's what started me into this was realizing that there's, there's 5 million, there's 5 million advocacy groups. Why is there not just one with 5 million people? Right. That's true. You know what I mean? So, yes. so it's, it's just, it's just bringing everything together, you know, right, right. Separating who has the agenda. You have a lot of these organizations out that are just trying to, to fly these, these overnight, you know, uh, bills so they can get a little bit of funding and, and yep. such. This is why, again, I won't sit down and I don't want to talk about parole. Good time. There's many organizations that do that. Yes. I'm not here for that. You know, I'm here to try to stop people from going to prison. Why are they going to prison to begin with? Right. You know, let's fix that. And then we don't have to worry about parole and good time and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Right. You know, so that's where I'm at. Mark, thank you so much, man. I'm yes. out of here, partner. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah. Stay safe. You too. Bye.